What up, what up? Mic check over here. Yep, yep, I can hear you. Perfect. I think we're going to be good to go. All right, man. Sweet, sweet. Well, welcome to another week of the Posted Up Pod. It's been a few weeks since we've been able to record, but, you know, we're able to come back in a special fashion. Man, so the first topic to kick things off is going to be the most accurate football movie. And of the three selections, we got Varsity Booze, uh, Friday Night Lights, and Remember the Titans. Which one of those three movies do you think depicts uh, football more accurately? Well, you know, they're all good movies, right? I want to say first and foremost that I, I, I sincerely believe that those are all good movies. Um, you know, Varsity Blues, I have a particular kind of personal connection to. My dad was uh, running the catering crew. Uh, for that movie when it was being produced in Central Texas back in the day. Um, but, you know, if I'm being real honest, man, I think uh, I think the one with uh, which one, the one with Billy Bob Thornton, which one was it? Uh, Billy Bob Thornton was in uh, Friday Night Lights. Yeah, Friday Night Lights, man. That one, that one did the, that one did it for me, man. Um, that was the one where uh, Booby Miles got hurt, right? And yep. Yeah, you, you from Midland, right? Yeah, so that was a great scene. I mean, the way that they encapsulated the, like, over-enthusiastic football father in Booby's dad with the, and he can pass. Like, yeah. um, the way that they encapsulated the, like, small-town rivalries within the state of Texas and the football programs with, like, Midland and Odessa. Um, and the acting with, like, Billy Bob Thornton was really great. Um, you know, that, that speech at halftime during the big game was dope um and so you know yeah i think uh and yeah i think if i was gonna wrap it all into a nutshell and try and spit out which one i think was the most accurate man i think that uh i think that that one takes the cake for sure yeah and i mean i have to agree with you on that i think they were able to i guess kind of portray what it's like in a town where football is you know pretty much the dominant force and you know, you can kind of uh, take a seat and kind of feel the atmosphere, team dynamic. You know, they did a good job of, you know, depicting that as well. As uh, far as gameplay of the actual filming, I mean, all of them are pretty trash for the most part. But as far as uh, everything else that builds the movie, I think they do a good job of doing that. Because <clears throat> I've uh, actually been to a filming of a Friday Night Lights the TV show. And I mean, those dudes are... It's horrible whenever you see it in person, how bad the acting is as far as like uh, the football motion, the position, just all the quarterback mechanics. Like it's, it's real bad. Yeah, they're clearly not out there playing real football. Oh, not at all. You know what I mean? And, you know, uh, as I see, you know, celebrities and other people throwing the first pitch, throwing passes, <clears throat> it makes me grateful that, you know, I played a decent amount of sports. <clears throat> Excuse me. Because, man, the drop-off from never touching a ball to touching it, you know, as a child, it man, that decline is crazy. <laughs> yeah, man, you, you see some of these guys, like, celebrities going up and throwing that first pitch, bro. It's like, wow, just, like, put it within, like, a five-foot radius of the guy. You know what I'm saying? Like, just, like, put it in his direction. And, like, that's just, like, way too much for some folks. It really is. Yeah, you know, and, I mean, granted, 
you know, the pitcher's mound is pretty far away. You know, a lot of people just kind of gloss over that distance. But, I mean, to throw it into the bleachers, you know what I mean? Just throw it soft. You ain't got to put no heat on it. Just, you know, for the sake of it, just get it over the plate. Yeah, man. Uh, who, was the, who was the most recent one that I saw that was real terrible? Oh, Connor, his was the worst. That was exactly the one I was thinking of. Yeah, he went out there in his gray suit and just, like, lobbed it way off to the left, like, they're terrible. Terrible. I don't, I don't get it, man. People throw trash in the trash can. I'm sure that fool's played cornhole, you know what I mean? Like, to not be able to, like, throw in a straight line is just mind-boggling. I mean, he literally throws hands for a living. Like, you would think it wouldn't be that big a deal to, like, put a ball in that hand and throw your hand. You know what I'm saying? Like, Yeah. Mm-hmm. But either way, I know that uh, if I ever get to throw a first pitch at a, at a ball game, I'm definitely not going to embarrass the shit out of myself like that. Oh, bro, man, I'm going to throw a heater. <laughs> I think it's going to be straight flush. I'm going to be like, strike! Exactly, because one thing I'm going to do is, I mean, I'm sure they give you two weeks notice, maybe a week, you know, something like that. Bro, I'm going to a batting cage and I'm throwing that thing for hours at least. It's clear these people aren't doing that. Oh, oh, definitely not. You know, and I think in the back of some of their minds, they're like, a bad pitch is more notable than a good pitch. You know, so they're just like, fuck it, man. Whatever happens, happens. Like, you know, I'm not getting paid anything extra to throw it accurately. So I'm not going to take time out of my busy schedule to improve on something for a brief moment. Me throwing a B minus pitch over the plate for the opening pitch is not going to make it to Sports Center. Me throwing it into the field will. Exactly. Yeah. Oh <laughs> all all media is good media, even if it's bad. Exactly, man. You know, of those three movies, I mean, I don't want to sit here and take anything away from Remember the Titans. You know, so you got Denzel Washington in a football movie, bro. Like, it's going to be good. That shit's going to yep. be good. Um, and it was good. You know what I'm saying? But um, I feel like the, like, the, like, plot tool that they used for creating the drama and suspense throughout the show was like racism right it was like oh this is like the story of how this small town like gets over being segregated type shit and like it just felt like that movie was almost more of like a movie about segregation and like getting over that shit and like us all being like a big happy family as people right um like it 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 had like hardest left out of them all you know what i'm saying it had like out of the out of the three the one it had the most like obvious plot tool right and like it was like the biggest like it was kind of heavy-handed in the way that they did it so you know it kind of maybe uh lacked subtlety would be the way that i would try and put that i don't know either way um yeah and i mean that one would probably be one of my lesser favorite football movies and whenever i'm watching a movie for the most part i like the story to be took will smith and made him the you know supporting actor if you took Robert Downey made him the primary actor. Like, I like movies where you can plug and play, and it really doesn't matter who's playing the character, the story's still good. Whenever you got a movie like Remember the Titans, it's like, you really have to have a black and white cast for that movie to make sense. Or, you know, it just kind of fails on, you know, what their overall goal is. And, you know, I just like entertainment, and I like the uh, dynamic of the characters to be the driving force, not, you know, the easy, you know, route of uh, doing racism. Because, I mean, you're always going to get people on one side or another whenever you make movies like that. So I just think those are just always going to be, 
kind of meh subpar and not really have a lot of adult replay value which also movies like that I thought they were for black folk like I I heard a comedian say this the other day and they were like as a white guy like it's definitely not for me and like he like opened up to his black friends about it and he was like I I hate those fucking movies and his parents were like we fucking hate them too we thought they were free all scratch all's ego and like I don't think that like anybody like is really like served by those movies anymore right like I think that it's like old white men in Hollywood who like feel like they're paying lip service to society right and like no one who's actually out here operating like really gives a shit but maybe I'm wrong maybe you know maybe I've been living in Texas for too long and I have a weird perspective on things but um yeah it just definitely seems to like not be the hot the hot subject that it was you know whenever like black and white movies literally were being produced you know what I'm saying yeah Pretty sure. Uh, and, but you, hey, know, oh, you know, you know what movie I like better? Remember the Titans? That's a football movie. What's that? Radio. That movie was garbage. Bro, fucking Cuba Gooden Jr. went full retard. Oh man, that movie he was went full retard. You never go full retard, and he did that shit. Oh man, and the residual effects hit him twenty years later. <laughs> the reverse. Yeah, he, yeah, we ain't seen him in the leading roles today. He yeah, took that back. he took that simple jack route and Tropic Thunder came came to fruition. They're like, nah, fam, we don't we don't we don't smile on that type of activity. Yeah, dog, like man, he a wild boy, dog, <laughs> wild boy. Um, you know what? Uh, I guess an honorable mention I would do. Well, I guess I'll give two honorable mentions. I would go Longest Yard. That man, Longest Yard. I mean, it still kind of had some of that. Uh, remember the titan racist element to it but i think that one was a uh, pretty good man like i like that one um also uh what any given you're talking about the you're talking about the new one right yeah the new one i didn't even yeah. know there was an old one until back in the day i was like oh literally every one of my favorite movies are fucking remakes mm-hmm. all of them every and you know what's one. worse than that is that the originals are adaptations of old greek myths and shit yeah like yeah yeah We've seen the we've seen the story of Hamill a hundred times, you know. It just is what it is. Yep. Oh yeah. Uh, well, shit, man. Let's go ahead and jump into our next topic, which is gonna be. All right. So I kind of have this question that I had in my head, and you know I want to ask it to you guys as well. And the question is: Is the NFL turning into the buddy system similar to the NBA? So. In the past few drafts, you know, a lot of these uh, teams have been trying to link up, you know, quarterbacks with their uh, college teammates at wide receiver. Some of these offensive coordinators, you know, were getting moved up from uh, the college ranks to the NFL. But in the NBA, you see a lot of, you know, guys who were teammates in high school and AAU and college, you know, finding a way to kind of link up in the professional level. And I kind of you know, feel like that may be the direction the uh, NFL is going in. Yeah, I mean, it would make sense, right? I mean, I think the only reason why it hasn't moved in that direction uh, so rapidly is because there's so many players on the field, right? Like in basketball, there's fewer guys, so it's easier to kind of click up, you know what I'm saying? Like, you don't have, like, the as many uh, and as pronounced of powerhouse football programs in high school as you do as compared to college or as in, in high school, like it, it seems like the profit mill leading into the NBA is a little bit clearer of a path of a, a little bit clearly paved path as it were, right? Like 
right. um, because there's so few players, right? Like there's there's more guys to choose from in the NFL, so like it isn't like oh man, we really got to like weed out who the very best of these guys are from like day one, right? Whereas with basketball, like they pretty much know who's going to the NBA in like fucking eighth grade, you know, and so <clears throat> they don't really have that going on with the with the NFL, but that is happening more and more, right? And so I think it's just you know the the profit motive is is what leads to that and. You know, beyond that, um, you would want that, right? Like, just on, like, the surface level of, like, playing football, right? Like, it's getting to where uh, the NFL, you know, you really can't, like, jam jam receivers. Let's face it, it's turning into, a, a, like, a glorified seven-on-seven type of league, right? And yeah. so the, 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 the things that are going to be the differentiators in a league like that are going to be, like, the subtleties in how a quarterback understands his receiver likes to run his routes, and guys who are like have come up with you know like like you know uh, like guys who come out of Texas Tech like Mahomes right um, they're like systems guys right and like you, you, if you can get guys who have been in the same system who know the same series of checkdowns and who know the like they, they kind of like all got splooged through the same meat grinder right um, it, it's gonna all work together better I would imagine so I can see on several levels right where like they're trying to get the best players in to start and so it's like they're they're more tightly conglomerating the talent at a younger age like they do in the NBA now. And then also just for the sake of ease of use in the NFL, right? These guys, you got to remember, these guys are just like tools in the hands of these NFL football team owners, right? And so like if you're going to go and buy, you know, a skill saw, you want the skill drill too. You know what I'm saying? It's like the set goes together, you know what I'm saying? At some point, um, whenever you're, you know, a guy who's trying to put together like an effective toolkit that's going to actualize on your goals, right? So, um, you know, I can understand it on several levels why it would be happening. Uh, whether or not that's good or bad, I don't know, right? I mean, it's just the result of like a bunch of weird stuff and, um, you know, the league's growing and adapting as anything does. And, you know, we're going to see where it goes. I know that personally, I want the league to kind of take a step in the direction of like hard nose fucking knocking the shit out of one another type of football right like guys go play yeah. rugby with no no gear at all so why can't these guys do it yeah yeah well i mean a lot of people make that argument but in rugby you really don't have free safeties coming full speed downhill and i guess kind of the distance to which they're making contact is a lot shorter and they're not quite as fast for the most part you know what I mean? So I think it's a little bit different, but I think a good uh, correlation. But um, I guess you know, the main reason I want to bring this topic up is because Cincinnati Bengals took Jamar Chase at number seven in the draft this year. And they literally lost their starting quarterback because of their offensive line. And, you know, if you want to protect your biggest investment, you know, you should address the issue. Um, luckily, they were able to get a pretty good guard in the second round, and Chase has been balling out. But, you know, I think that was an unnecessary risk. And if teams kind of adapt that mindset, it can potentially burn them uh, more than it can help them. Um, you know, you notice, like, in the NBA, you know, these players are like, hey, the Houston Rockets, perfect example. They were like, hey, James Harden wants uh, Chris Paul. You know what? We'll get him Chris Paul. You know what? James Harden, he wants a Russell Westbrook, and we get him Russell Westbrook. And then he's like, you know what? Fuck all y'all. I'm trying to get shipped out. And it's like, whenever players have so much power and influence, you know, they can literally dictate a team. And as much as I want players to get paid and have all the other, you know, luxuries of being a professional athlete, 
I don't want to see a professional team have to, you know, I guess kind of, you know, listen to the demands of the players versus what's best for the organization. I mean, the bottom line is it's a team sport, right? And like, if you have someone who's not being an effective team player, it doesn't matter how talented he is, right? It just doesn't matter. No one's going to like somebody who doesn't give a shit about his team. And that's what you see a lot of. But I mean, it's all for profit. You know, I can only be so upset about that. But, you know, you would definitely... It definitely gets frustrating whenever um, this type of stuff happens. Whenever, like, you have a guy who's basically the shot caller for an organization, right? Um, where, you know, you got to understand, like, people identify with these teams... People really give a big shit about these sports, you know what I'm saying? And so I think that it's like a real big disservice to the people of that city who gave out their tax dollars to put up that stadium for you to play in it, for you to be like, fuck this city, it's not going well enough, shit me out, right? Like, you understand, like, the people of that city, like, finance all of that um, to some degree, right? And, like, they identify with you as, like, a member of their community, and it's just, like, all real distasteful whenever you don't give back to the community it's like how you know and that's what that's an indication of is that you know this will harden doesn't give a rat's ass about whatever city he's in he's worried about you know having the best team around him and having his best shot at getting a ring and you know buck orlando or buck houston or buck wherever he's at you know it's not about that and it makes it really hard for fans to get behind a guy like that and i think it's a you know, by and large, probably bad for their brand, you know, in, t- in terms of their overall likability, right? But again, some of these guys don't measure their brand in terms of overall likability. They measure their brand in terms of how much money they were able to get in the short period of time that they had allocated to them where they were going to be able to get it, right? Harden's only going to be yep. here for maybe five, six more years, and he's got to get it right now before that time is gone. And so I can't be... Now, I understand both sides of the coin, right? I just wish that there was a way to make it so that it was like a little bit more palatable for everybody right like i feel like harden should be able to be like generally saying i'm dissatisfied with the experience that i'm having on this team and teams should be able to be teams you know and i don't know how we got to find the balance between those two things but i think it's possible yeah and you know excuse me damn fucking throat acting up today let me find out all you've been gargling gargoyle (laughs) Goliath on the track yeah boy but um shit what was I gonna say oh but yeah um fuck was I about to say shit I forget but anywho I would just um I think the Harden scenario was a really good case study for all the leagues because it was an example of no matter what you do for a player they're always bitch and they're never gonna be satisfied you know what I mean because I mean um, they definitely bent over backwards for that guy it seems Oh, bro, they literally had a 3-2 lead against the Golden State Warriors in the conference finals. All he had to do was show up in game six or game seven, and they make it to the finals. You know what I mean? So it's not like the team didn't do what they needed to do to put him in that position. And the reason that scares me is because in the NFL, imagine if one of these $200 million quarterbacks like, eh, we need to go ahead and trade Khalil Mack or Aaron Donald and you know instead of having them on defense we need to focus on offense and you know I think it can get real real ugly you know if uh those type of actions you know kind of uh, continue to happen you already see this type of stuff happening with all um what's his name Aaron Rodgers 
the, with his organization and Tom Brady leaving uh, Foxborough to Tampa. I mean, like this type of shit's already happening, right? It's already happening. And you know, it's just a matter of like how do we how do we take control of it and make it to where we can preserve the quality of the entertainment for the people who are watching it because that's ultimately what the point is, right? Like, yeah. the point isn't so that fucking ex quarterback can make two hundred million dollars. The point is so that people at home will be satisfied with the circus that's being delivered to their living room, so that we won't put the leaders of the world's heads on spikes, right? And so, yeah. like, that's the fucking point is we need to be entertained. Because if we get bored, we start burning shit down, and so yep. it's it's cool, Aaron Rodgers, that like you wanna you wanna fight for your money and this and that, but like understand, there's guys out there who make eight dollars an hour and who will work a lifetime and never touch the amount of money that you've touched in one year playing football, and that at some point you're fighting over something that like is trivial at some point, and that like becomes really. Uh, it's it's difficult for people who like live in the real world to take it seriously, you know. Like it just seems like dramatic and stupid, and people really don't like it. You know, like I can go, I can go ahead and tell you right now, the people of Green Bay, Wisconsin, do not like prima donnas. You know what I'm saying? That's like the equivalent of like Wisconsin's 1A football program got a professional team. You know what I'm saying? And I guarantee you, they don't like that shit. But you know, again, for Aaron Rodgers, he's trying to get his money and trying to do what he can do. It's just. I wish that like the 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 sentiment of the fans would be more strongly considered by the players, right? Like the players get so caught up in like fighting with the organizations, right? Because the organizations are like their enemy who's trying to like juice them for as much profit as humanly possible while, you know, stealing as much of their worth from them as possible, right? Like that's what it all comes down to. Right. These football programs are stealing the worth of their players so that they can translate to profit for the guys up top. And so, you know, it, it's it's a funky deal from from the top to the bottom. But I definitely think that everybody involved, who's getting life changing amounts of money by playing fucking football, needs to be considerate of the fact that that's happening because the fans are entertained and this is all happening for the sake of the fans. And Dude, you, know, you, know what, you know what they should do, man. And uh, how can I put it? They should make players buy jerseys and sell them and what i mean is you know the players they get a cut of their jersey sales you know x y and z and that's what makes up their contract i wonder what would happen if they're like all right and you give us a hundred thousand dollars we'll give you x amount of jerseys and you can sell them and make the players kind of understand all of the mechanics that go on in the background so that they can understand that literally all they have to do is just show up and they're going to get paid you know they don't have to do their own marketing bro i was thinking about this the other day when was the last time you seen the player tweet or post about hey we got a game on tuesday come out and show love blah 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 x y and z never Never. it's always oh man just left downtown la uh got a new mixtape coming out oh man just got some new sneakers like they literally will not even market their own goddamn team you just see them over the summertime just like posting new shots that they're working on <laughs> and yeah I, no, I would... so that's an incredibly privileged position right like i mean look at what goes on in the ufc you know what i'm saying i mean uh caitlin chukagian was a fight away from fighting for the championship belt in her division and was still working as a fucking server at the steakhouse locally you know what i'm saying and so and, and that's wrong i don't believe that anybody who's 
signed to the UFC should have to be working a side job, right? No one who, you know, the the guard who fucking sits on the sideline and is the backup dude on the practice team for the Oakland Raiders makes a quarter million dollars a year. You know what I'm saying? And so there, there's no reason. Like, there's plenty of cash getting floated around. It's just it's predatory practices at the top. But, um, you know, the, the point is that, you know, Caitlin Chukagian is out here plugging herself every day and working and training. And all these guys do is show up, fucking grind hard and show up and perform and get that money, right? And, like, I, I say all they do, right? Like, that's nothing to be discredited. They're they're working incredibly hard and they're incredibly talented and they deserve to be paid, right? right. But the point is that there's an incredibly big part of this recipe that is the, the part of, like, bridging the gap between the viewers and the people who are doing the thing, right? And, like, the yeah. guys who are doing the thing aren't bridging that gap at all. They're just focusing on doing the thing, playing football. Yep. And there's an entire multi-billion dollar apparatus erected around them with thousands of people involved where there's profit getting raked in so that they can get that money to play football. So, you know, it's it, it, it's one of those things, man, where I think a lot of these guys after like three, four years in the league kind of lose perspective. But also I think that that's kind of too broad a statement. I'm certain that like the average guy in the NFL who's making less than a million dollars a year, who, you know, is like the backup left tackle for fucking the Chargers, I'm certain like really appreciates it, right? It seems like it's just the really, really vocal minority of people who realize that they're in like a privileged position, right? Like I think that there's just like several people in the NFL who have that like Conor McGregor level influence because of how much money they bring in and they become like really, really vocal as that minority group. And so it kind of gives a blackout of the rest of the league, right? Like I don't think the the average third string middle (laughs) linebacker is the guy who's guilty of the things that we're talking about right now, you know, is all I'm trying to say. Yeah, and also the machine is really the one who creates stars. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, like Patrick Mahomes didn't do anything on social media to generate this hype. Patrick Mahomes didn't go and fucking uh, put together a production staff and put together his own fucking press conference. Every press conference that that dude's ever showed up to and talked into a microphone in front of cameras, all that shit was there because other people put in that work. You know? Oh, it's speaking of which. Hey, did you see that uh, Jim Harbaugh video this past weekend? No, I'm certain he was being an asshole, though, right? Oh, for sure, bro. So uh, they just won the game. A female reporter walks up to him. Uh, She's trying to get his attention for, you know, the typical uh, post-game interview. That fool uh, shook some hands, started jogging, shook another hand, then took off running. I was like, that dude's a dickhead, man. And it's crazy because, like, like... Literally, Bro, it's going to be 2022. You better be inclusive. Yeah. Well, not even that, man. It's like he knows this person has a job. He knows after every game they're going to interview you. Whether you want to do it or not, that's a coin toss in the air. But, you know, he wouldn't do that to Bob Costas or anybody else on a higher level. So I think, you know, really just respect in sports and like appreciation for other people's jobs isn't just a player thing. I think it's more so uniform throughout uh you know all sports you know 
Yeah, well, and that all just comes down to that male dominator hierarchy management structure, right? Like Jim Harbaugh recognized that monkey in the hierarchy as way lower than him in the monkey hierarchy, so he didn't think it was something to give a shit about. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, who was like, who, what was she gonna do? Complain to someone up the hierarchy from her who's still lower than him? You know, yeah. and, and and it's one of those things where that that management structure leads to that type of. Um, lack of respect for people who aren't viewed as bringing in equal worth to the system um, right. and so yeah it's just an issue right um, it's definitely an issue from top down um, you know it's it's definitely bothersome to think that Jim Harbaugh gets to literally jog away from the people with the microphones and the cameras and that's okay but Marshawn Lynch has to show up and sit there through it and go I'm just here so I don't get fined, so that you don't get fined. I feel like if that's the way you're going to treat the, the the human resources that are the football players, that's how you also need to treat the human resources that are the coaches and, and the training staff and everybody, you know. Yeah. But again, you know, it, equal treatment and, and all that isn't necessarily what's best for profit. And so that's how that's how we get what we get. Cool, man. And that's actually a perfect segue. So I sent you an article earlier about the uh, Washington State football team coach getting fired. Uh, they gave him a deadline till Monday to get his vaccine. Um, he opted to forego uh, or not a, you know, take the vaccine. So they fired his ass. Uh, that dude's going to counter sue him for a wrongful firement, X, Y, and Z. But do you think that COVID firings are going to be uh, more common before the end of the year? I think it's going to get more common and then it's going to stop entirely, bro, because people are going to get real, real, real upset. Like, it's some shit that, uh, it's some shit that, like, people don't like, bro. People don't like being told what to do. And, like, especially, like, big alpha people, like football coaches and shit like that, like, they're not into it. You know what I'm saying? And, um, yeah, I can see how it's, how it's an issue. I mean, I think that, um, we're gonna see you know what i'm saying it's definitely like i don't feel like legal right like they definitely like determined like during like international court after we beat the nazis that like you can't be like the basic decision was that there's no like individual or group of people who can decide for you what goes into your body right and like at this point these people are deciding for him what does and does not go into his body or else he'll have his employment in jeopardy, right? And so it's one of those things where, you know, it's like, we're not forcing him, but it's like, but if you're going to take away his gainful employment that he's done nothing to lose outside of not follow your rules, then like, that's a weird way of like enforcing it, right? And like, that's that's not cool, you know? But the whole thing about the international stuff that happened back then is that it's, as it pertains to governments, right? No governing body, right? Ultimately, the Washington State football program could have fired this guy because, you know, the athletic director didn't like the way he looked at his wife. You know what I'm saying? And so, you know, at some point I understand that, you know, he's not entitled to that job in the first place. But also, you know, I, I, I feel like it's just it's just not something that warrants getting fired you know what i'm saying but you know hey that's i'm an employer and i don't feel like i would ever fire someone for not getting vaccinated within one of my organizations so that's all i can really do is go 
apples to apples, right? Maybe I don't have the same pressures on me that the institution of Washington State has on them, right? So, you know, I don't know, right? I, I definitely, uh, in premise, think that people should not be getting fired over having a vaccination. I feel like it should be their independent choice. And, exactly. you know, and if, if they make a choice that isn't necessarily in line with that of the organization, then like, you know, they should have done a better job hiring. You know what I'm saying? They should have found a guy when they hired him whose philosophy was going to be more in line with theirs. You know, and right. like, I just feel like now they got to wait. And you know, if I were them, I would have waited and fired him over something appropriate. Right. Not this, but that's their prerogative. I definitely um, hope it goes away. I hope it's something that doesn't continue. I hope that uh, I hope that like who's it, Russell Westbrook in the NBA digs his heels in the ground and wins. I hope that every other redneck out in the middle of fucking Alabama digs his heels in the ground and wins. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I just don't think that people ought to be being forced into doing that. But, you know, I ain't trying to have a huge, huge conversation about vaccines or anything like that. You know, I, I've got all my vaccinations. Everybody I know has got their vaccinations. It's just a matter of like whether or not you should be getting fired over making a decision that isn't necessarily aligned with the thoughts of the institution with which you're employed. You know, it's like kind of it's a weird, weird, weird gray area that I wish wasn't something we even needed to talk about at all in the first place. Yeah, for sure, man. And definitely just want to get your thoughts on that because I think the snowball effect is going to affect regular civilians. So monitoring uh, what happens in professional sports, like literally we went on vaccine lockdown after, you know, uh, Rudy Gobera tested positive. So, you know, just thought it was something to keep our eye on. Well, everybody just remember this whole thing started with two weeks to flatten the curve. And now you've got to show your papers at the Walmart. So, you know, <laughs> uh, just, just remember that shit doesn't move backwards when you start giving up your, your, your liberties, man. We, we gave up an inch and they took a mile on this one. It went from, Oh yeah, we'll stay inside for two weeks to, you better have a vaccine. We're going to fire you from Washington State football program. And yeah, like it's, you show your papers. Like if you, if you're out, if you're trying to go to like ACL, you have to show your papers. If you want to go to the Austin City Limit, the Austin City Limits Music Festival in 2021, you have to show papers. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's real life. Like I, like I, I don't know when that happened. Like I, but you know, you got to show papers these days at a lot of places. And so, um, it's a it's a it's a wild deal that happened right underneath all of our noses. That's for sure. Exactly, man. So, I guess, man, as far as uh, the last topic, what um, why is the Super Bowl never the best football game of the year? I mean, it, that's debatable, right? I would say that a couple years ago, whenever Tom Brady came back and beat the Falcons, that was one of the games of the year. You know, there's, yeah. you know, a decade ago, whenever Eli Manning or uh, Peyton Manning came back from several touchdowns down to one, you know, so there, it, it's, it's, it's not always a bad game. It does seem that it typically is a bad game. I just think that, you know, there's such a like strong emotional charge, right? You have to understand like we're dealing with human beings, right? Like this isn't like a fucking game of pinballs where like these guys are automatons, right? They're real human beings and it's like a big moment. And I think that uh, there's something really, really strong about coming out strong right like and i just think that like whoever comes out and kind of establishes dominance in the beginning right they're just like compelled by that like we're gonna win the fucking super bowl energy right like once right. you kind of once you get on top and you start staying on top and you can start tasting that fucking super bowl win like it just it just drives those dudes on that football field mad right it's the thing they've been working for their whole life and so 
I just think that, and then I think that like the defeat probably sets in a little early for guys who start off slow. It's like, oh fuck, we've been working our whole lives for this, and now these guys are on top of us by two scores, and they're fucking foaming at the mouth. Like, what the fuck just happened, you know? And so, I think that just the the extra emotional charge coming into it may be one of the things that fuels it kind of sliding off into either direction once it starts to happen, right? Like, I feel like if it were those same two teams on, like, week 11, right, and one team took off by two touchdowns to start, it wouldn't be near as deflating for the team that's down or near as energizing for the team that's up, right? But because it's, like, the biggest game ever anywhere, it just is all magnified. And that causes, you know, and so everybody's playing on a a slippery slope all the time in professional football. And just that extra variable causes teams to slip down that slippery slope in the big game. Would be my guess. I don't know. Oh, man. I think it's a few, a combination of what you just said. Um, Teams are barely healthy whenever it comes to the Super Bowl. So a team that, you know, probably would have won a few weeks ago, you know, their left guard's a little you know, a little injured here and there. Your quarterback's arm is tired from throwing 50 passes every single week. And also think coaching too is another thing that's really a mind game because it's like, do I go with my best game plan? Do I run plays that I've never ran before? You know, um, preparation wise, I'm sure the players are super excited to even be in the game. So, you know, the amount of focus is either too dialed in or not enough. I just think uh, to match those frequencies and also having a week off before the Super Bowl, you know, just added distraction with all those interviews. Um, I don't know how we could potentially make it better, but I don't know, man. I I don't know. I I feel like about every five years we get an amazing Super Bowl, but for the most part, it's usually a team that made it to the Super Bowl because all the other best teams were banged up and you know, usually got that one team smoking them pretty well. Yeah, you know, I think one thing that we could do to calm the nerves would just be uh, hold hold it in Las Vegas every year, hold the Super Bowl in Las Vegas every year, and just march to, like, baddest line of paid prostitutes ever to, like, just be there to, like, let those dudes bust nuts whenever they need that whole week. Right, sure. like, just no tension. No tension at all. Everybody walk into the Super Bowl feeling like fucking kings, loosey-goosey. You know what I'm saying? That's not the only thing I could come up with, man. It's just like the baddest, the baddest bitches around ever, dishing the baddest blowjobs ever, and just like having that available during the highest, most you know, during the most stressful week of your life, right? I think that's not the only thing. If I'm like honestly like shooting a real life human shot, right? It's the only way you calm those nerves is just like drown them in pussy for a week, and just like hopefully they stick to the game plan. Bro, if you do that, there are going to be, was there, 53 players per team? There's going to be 106 millionaire women after the Super Bowl if they do that strategy. <laughs> because, best believe, every single one of them are cutting a hole in that condom ASAP. I mean, bro, I've heard some, I've heard some pretty wild shit about what women have done to get pregnant by professional athletes. Like, dude. But, Man, imagine, but bro, imagine if you're a imagine if you're a pro female athlete and like guys trying to knock you up then. That's all. It's like the whole opposite end of that spectrum. All right. Damn. Yeah. Now it's got to like no pull out, pull out, pull out, pull out. Yeah. 
Yeah, you know, man, it's gonna suck to be a female athlete because literally, you can end your career with the kid if you're just like a, you know, kind of middle of the league player, not great but not bad, you know, just kind of floating by, and you get pregnant, then you gotta work yourself back in shape. You gotta like do the whole yeah, I mean, family I mean, dynamic. Think about like an injury, right? You're out for a year, but like, yeah. you fucking got like you you tore your abdomen. Think of it as you tore your abdominal muscles and now you're out for a year. And every single year there's somebody coming in a little bit younger, a little bit better. Yep, and you think you're gonna come back the same? Ew. No. Uh, you ain't coming back the same. Uh, oh man, that, bro. That body's Probably gonna left. be that body's gonna be different. Hey, so uh <laughs> Dinah Tarasi, a WNBA player, uh after one of her games, I think it was the semifinals or the finals, uh, she had left the game, then she flew to her wife uh, to watch her kid being born. I was like, hold up, man, I'm so confused. <laughs> I was like... Shit, they had, a, they had a me around. They went to a swinger party and had me. Yeah, they had a, they had a fellow like me around. But that's crazy that, like, dude, that's why I know women give men a bunch of shit, but they do the same shit we do. Dana's like, hey, you know, my career is more important than yours. You carry the baby. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, someone, someone's got to wear the pants, as it were. And I guess Diana Taurasi wears some pants. Oh, for sure. She's like, yeah, bitch, you're, you're having my kid. <laughs> Bro, that, uh, I wish I could just be a fly on the wall during that conversation. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, hey, I'm going to put my egg in you. <laughs> Yeah, we're gonna go buy some sperm, fam. Yeah. Oh my god. Man, I wonder how much they paid. Oh, I mean, they probably paid for like a real stallion like me's sperm, so they probably had to pay through the nostril. Yeah. I mean, I think like dope ass horse semen is like $25,000 vial. So I'm certain they needed to pay like $75,000 for some pun semen. Yep. Hell yeah. Damn. Damn, I wish I was getting paid like that to bust nuts. Right? Fuck. <laughs> I need to figure out how to make that real. Hell yeah. Dude, man, you know what? I wonder if that's what some of these pro athletes' moms did. You know, just coincidentally, dad was never around and dude's like six foot eight looking like Will Chamberlain. It's like, bro, who who shot your mom up, dog? Like, straight up. Man, there's some hellacious athletes out there, bro. There's some human beings that, like, you know, I'm a big guy. I'm, like, 6'2", 6'3", 300 pounds. And there's some human beings out there that straight up make me feel fucking puny. Like, oh, there, there's some people that, like, I feel like are a different species than me. Like, holy shit, you're fucking humongous. And I know that, like, there's people who feel that same way about me. Right? Like, I just can only imagine what it would be like if you got, like, someone who feels that way about me. And the guy who I feel that way about in the same room, right? I guess I'm like seven foot two humongoloid and some like four foot six little half smurf. You know what I'm saying? It's like the same species, bro. Like I swear to God, you could set these two next to one another and like an alien would be like, oh, that's two different species for sure. Bro, I remember I was at the Texan training camp. JJ Watt was 150 yards away, dog. That fool lifted his shirt up to wipe his face crowd just goes crazy and he jogs a little bit closer i'm like oh that's fucking jj watt bro one of the biggest humans i've ever seen in my fucking life like 
being super dense, massive. I was like, bro, if I played high school football at the same time as him, like I literally would just quit because there's nothing you can do. Like that's really why they got like classifications in like high school because bro, there's no reason some of these schools should be playing like smaller schools. Like kids would get killed. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things, like, uh, I remember seeing the picture of uh, Aaron Hernandez on his high school football team, and, like, amongst all his other players, and he wasn't at, like, some small school, it was, like, a pretty big school, and he was just, like, clearly a man among boys. Like, <laughs> just bigger head, bigger hands, bigger feet, bigger muscles, just, like, a bigger, badder human being, right? And just, yeah, some, some, some of them, some of them humongoloids are cut from a different cloth, man, that's for sure. Dude, uh, man, back in the high school, like, uh, post-game at the UT games, you know, you get to meet the opposing team, you know, get some autographs and shit. And, dude, I'll never forget this uh, running back from Tech. I think his name was, like, Torian Henderson or some shit. You know, I would just, uh, like, hey, bro, like, how much do you bench? He's like, ah, oh, about 350. I'm like, oh, I'm never playing college football. Like, you're a... <laughs> bro, he was a rock-solid 175, 185-pound running back. Benching 350. I'm like, oh, there's levels to this shit. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's pretty out of this world. I mean, it's like, it's so funny though, because some of them running backs are stronger than the linemen. I remember whenever Reggie Bush was coming into the league, he like had like the third most reps on the bench press out of everybody. Yep. Fucking so, Trent, Trent Richardson, they even told that fool, they're like, we're not going to let you lift any more weight because you might snap your fucking arm. God like, damn! They're like, bro, that's too much. There's too much weight for your skeleton. No. Yeah. That's oh, insane. Man. Yeah, man, some beasts out there. Well, that shit, man. I think that'll close things up for this week, man. Any uh, last points? Man, there's some beasts out there in fantasy football, bro. Finally got your first dub of the season. You get to feel good about putting up 30 points less than me. Good job. I get to I get to get shit talked to me because I put up the second most points in the entire fucking league, but still lost with the corpse of a team. I'll tell you what, bro, we're gonna text about this after <laughs> this, bro, because I got some I got some shit talking scores to settle with you, bro, for real. Oh, bro, I'm doing a solo pod about the greatness of my fantasy team and how I'm about to go on the greatest run ever seen. So, <laughs> bro, listen, bro, if you're gonna do a solo pod about fantasy football, you need to tell everybody about my infinity gauntlet that I've been assembling for next year's draft. Oh, yeah, I'll tell them about your limp gauntlet, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I don't have anything else to add. I could sit here and talk shit to you for days, so we'll, 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 we'll have to circle back on this another time. Alright, no doubt, man. Well, thanks for joining and catch you guys soon. Oh, yeah, thanks everybody for listening. Peace. Peace.